Welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. And I'm Allison Green. And today we are anxious about airports. So before we get into airports, um, I figured it was just worth mentioning that we actually went live this week. Um, yesterday, really, is when we announced it to the world. And I know that I wanted to just mention that I sincerely appreciated the response so far, the feedback, the support, all of that uh, means a tremendous amount. Um, you and I, uh, I think we're overall um, pretty confident that this is what we want to be doing, and this is an idea worth chasing and a podcast worth producing. But at the same time, too, um, it means a lot to have that extra curricular support, we'll say. So I first wanted to just mention that. Um, and I guess I also the second part of that is I wanted to also note that I had a lot of really good feedback, really positive feedback. And I appreciate also the ideas. Some people were mentioning and bringing up some ideas like having experts on or having guests on or having mini episodes and all of this stuff. And I, I wanted to communicate that we're, we're listening to that kind of feedback with our ears wide open and uh, we're open to taking this in all kinds of directions so thank you so much and you can reach out on the contact page on our website or on social with either of us and uh, we're happy to hear what you think and have to say did you want to comment on that a little bit too allison yeah i just wanted to say thank you so much for everyone who has been able to make it through an episode or even several um i'm really happy with the response that we've gotten from people. I want to thank you for giving us your time and giving us a chance and supporting us. It's very, it means a lot to us. So um, it's been really fun recording this podcast, but it was a little anxiety inducing to release it into the world and see how people would respond to it. But the reception has been really positive and uh, we're really happy to hear that people are enjoying the show and we're also happy to hear ways in which uh, we can improve and be of more service to you because as much as we do like to bloviate about ourselves, we also do kind of care about our listeners. So um, (laughs) yeah, just with that, I think that that pretty much sums it up. Uh, So I want to ask you, Chris, we always like to Check in a bit and see how we're doing. Um, Chris, on a scale of one to emotional tailspin, how is your anxiety treating you today? So not so bad. Um, it's funny because it's it sometimes kind of feels like I'm repeating myself over and over again because it's kind of the same situation at the same point of every week because the weeks are the same right now. But I did – I was a little uh, – overwhelmed at the beginning of the week, just had a a number of projects that I wanted to magically be able to complete in one day. And uh, I have a bit of a tendency to just make a to-do list that's just not possible for the day and then sort of bemoan the fact that I didn't finish the to-do list that was never going to be finished in the first place. And so that was kind of my my life on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. And today's Thursday and I'm feeling kind of back to it. Um, I think probably a lot of it as well is that it's I'm taking a 
I ran a webinar this morning um, in the Toronto Bloggers Collective, which is something I do. I don't think I've mentioned before, something I co-founded. And that's always gives me some energy and then followed up by this. Um, I'm feeling pretty good now. But honest, you know, as far as emotional tailspin goes, uh, goes, I think uh, yesterday, the day prior was a little iffy for me. So still resonating a bit with that. And we'll maybe go with a with a six because I think um, we're looking good on the horizon, but um, you know, still a little bit of uh, yesterday and the day before that kind of chasing me around a little bit. Yeah. That's overall pretty good though. So I think so. I guess not so bad. Not so bad. And how about yourself? Uh, I'm doing all right. Let's put it around a five. I had a very rough day yesterday, but today is a little better um, you know, it's just highs and lows and, you know, the challenge of having simultaneously so much free time and also feeling like time just slips away. It's very paradoxical and confusing. Um, so I've just been sort of grappling with this weird time continuum that we now live in. Um, but I'm good. I have some things on the horizon that I'm looking forward to. Uh, Bulgaria has opened up to domestic tourism uh, as of last week. So we're pondering uh, doing a trip to the Black Sea if everything continues to be relatively calm here. Um, it's, you know, pretty low, low risk trip, just taking a road trip with our dog, renting a villa where we can kind of cook for ourselves and see the beach and just do something different. And uh, I think that's just so what we need right now is just to do something different. And I know not everyone can do something like as dramatic as go to the other side of their country because restrictions are very different everywhere. But I just think it's important to try to interject some difference into your life in any way that you can, whether it's like having a picnic or eating a meal outside on your balcony. I just think that that's been something that's really been helping me through these times is making sure that I find some way to differentiate the days and have something to look forward to. That's not just groundhog day, wake up and repeat. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And actually it's, I was going to mention actually on, uh, on the weekend, Brie and I are going to drive up to a friend's uh, kind of house on the lake and we're not going in, but we're going to sit six feet apart by the campfire and go swimming a little bit because, you know, it doesn't matter how cold the water is if you're Canadian. And <laughs> uh, we're going to bring our own food and stay six feet apart, but just be near each other and listen to music and enjoy some sun. It's supposed to be really nice. So I'm really looking forward to to that, actually. And yeah, I mean, I've, I'm like, I'm now officially anxiously thinking about whether six was even an accurate number. I'm like, I don't even know. What, am I a six? Am I a five? Am I a four? I don't know. <laughs> um, all, yeah, I guess that that in and of itself, we can just leave it there. I'm like, I, I don't know. But I I'm like, I guess that the main thing is, um, I think the, the positives do outweigh the negatives pretty heavily for me right now. I'm really excited about where this podcast is heading. I'm really, that's bringing a lot of light uh, into my day. I couldn't sleep one night because I was just excited about the response to, to everything going on. And, and, um, and then, the, I, I think the tip that you mentioned about just separating, making sure you have something different to add in is going to add a lot. Like the idea, normally uh, this uh, our friend's place is about an hour and uh, 20 minutes away, uh, hour and 15 minutes away drive. But 
I like the idea of listening to music and going on a little road trip sounds pretty fantastic right now. Right. So yeah. like that, the, the things which might have been um, a little bit frustrating or a hurdle before, like an hour drive or transportation, mm-hmm. or whatever, all these things are kind of novel right now. Like the idea of yeah. hopping on a little road trip with Bree sounds great. Yeah. Like this last weekend we wanted to go for a hike and I found a hike that sounded like it wouldn't be totally packed because um, I we have a mountain here in Sofia, but on the weekends it can get really hectic and it's not so pleasant to hike um, with, you know, wanting to stay socially distant and all that. So I found this hike and was like, oh, I'm sure no one knows about this hike. Let's go. Like it's in a tiny village called Bov. How many people can there be? Spoiler, at least a kilometer of cars were there. Like, we couldn't even park close to the trailhead because, like, our GPS still said one kilometer and people were already parking there. And we're like, uh, that'll be a nope from us. Like, it sounded really lovely. The trail looked beautiful in all the photos, but I was just like, I don't want to deal with being that close to people. It doesn't seem super safe. And normal me would have been, not that there is a normal me, but let's just go with that like <laughs> pre-covid me pre uh, pre-coronavirus me would have been super pissed off and like it would have ruined my day but like i just kind of didn't care and we just you know pulled over somewhere else and we just like ate the picnic lunch that i had made like next like an abandoned stadium because hashtag #bulgaria and you know just sort of looked at a river for a little bit And then we're like, okay, let's go drive back. And it was fun. Like the drive was beautiful and it was nice. And I think that being forced into such stillness, like makes you really appreciate the moments of movement that you do have. And so I would just urge anyone to, to move in whatever way is good for you and safe for you and feels good to you, whether it's, um, going for a run, although I don't understand running, Mm -hmm. um, to, you know, taking a walk, to getting out to uh, a place nearby as long as, you know, it's permitted for you to do. I think it makes such a difference and I would highly recommend it because that has been super helpful for my mental health in recent weeks. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes I'm sitting at my desk and I'm kind of like, well, like I'm not feeling the best. I don't know if I want to go out. I don't know if I want to go for this walk or whatever. And then I come back like after a 45 minute walk and listening to a good podcast and I feel like a different person. So the point being that sometimes that little step, that 20 minute walk, that little bike ride or whatever, it all counts. And um, even just doing some yoga or stretching, I've been stretching a lot and it's mm-hmm. helped. So yeah, I concur. Too. But um, before we uh, send people into an anxious tailspin themselves of wondering when we're going to start talking about <laughs> airports, um, let us uh, board the, the plane as it were. Um, you know that I can't help myself with these metaphors. So do you want to kick things off? Are they off? metaphors? Are they even I, metaphors? That's not even, I guess technically that's not even a metaphor. It's just sort of a strange a hyperbole. Of... <laughs> strange hyperbole, I guess you could say. Um, but uh, anyways, your plane is on the tarmac, so you go for it. <laughs> that was beautiful, Chris. I applaud you for that one. I'm not even giving you shit. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so we're going to be talking about airports and we're going to be imagining a pre-COVID world because right now, 
airports are basically the next closest thing to being inside of a bat's mouth. And we don't want to think about all the germs that are in airports right now. So let's set that aside. And we're just going to be talking about all the non-coronavirus-y airport related things. So for me, when it comes to a trip, and we should preface this by saying, if you don't already know, Chris and I are travel writers by profession, and therefore we need to be in airports quite a bit. Um, so I tend to get quite anxious before I travel. And the main thing that I get anxious about is actually physically getting to the airport, um, especially if I have an early morning flight. I truly will not be able to sleep. If my flight is any time before 10 a.m., I will not be able to sleep because I believe that I need to be at the airport two to three hours before my flight and I will act on it <laughs> even if I know better. So, but even if I have a flight that's later in the day, I get so anxious waiting for my flight that I will just be like, you know what, I'm not even enjoying walking around this city that I'm in because I have my bag with me or I don't want to find another place to go sit and, you know, be on my phone for a while. I've already seen all the things I want to see. I'm ready to just, you know, start moving again. And I will just, the anticipation of knowing that I need to be at the airport will make me go sometimes even five hours early just to sit there and just be like, well, I'm at my destination and even if it's like an incredibly shitty airport, I will still do this. So that is my that is my cross to bear with getting to the airport. For me, yeah, definitely the night before. If it's if there's an early morning flight, um, I'm just not going to be able to sleep well. There's I, I will not only will I not sleep well, but if I if I do manage to catch like 45 minute spurts of rest here and there, I will dream about missing my flight. <laughs> so, so I wake up like, Whoa, you know, and, and, and prior to this, like, um, Bree's a great sleeper. So she'll like lie down beside me and fall right asleep. And I'm actually okay with that. Cause the alternative is me usually being on my own when I'm traveling. And I set like, 14 alarms and then like look up and down the alarms 14 times and make sure that they're the right time. And if I'm staying at a hotel, I'll call and get a wake up call too. So I end up like not really sleeping that well. And then at like five twelve, it's just like a symphony of alarms <laughs> go off. And then, and then to top it all off, somebody called and like, wake up call, sir. You know, and I'm kind of just like, I'm, if I did sleep, I'm, I'm certainly awake at that point. And you know, one thing that I, have started to focus on over the years is just focusing on the power of rest itself. And so instead of getting totally consumed by the idea that I'm not sleeping, I get uh, more just focused on the fact that I'm going to be on a plane shortly. I'm not going to have a lot of leg room. I'm not going to be able to lie down and stretch out. And so even though I'm not sleeping, I'm still able to enjoy lying down in a bed and that's going to be more comfortable than what I experienced the next day. Um, and, and so that's the, that's a personal strategy that I just found is just understanding that rest, eyes closed and lying down is still providing my body and mind with a bit of rest, even if I don't get to sleep. Yeah, I agree with that totally. And I remember hearing that for the first time. I think my dad said something to me about that because I was I've always struggled on and off with insomnia. And I think I was complaining about it to him once. And he was just like, 
you know, just focus on the fact that you're resting, that your eyes are closed, that, you know, you're giving your body a chance to rest and just be just just be okay with that. And that is better than, you know, running around or fiddling on the computer or, you know, making yourself anxious about something else, like just the power of being still and lying down, even if you're not asleep, is actually quite restorative. And it's hard for me to hear that because for me, sometimes it can actually be quite physically painful to lay in bed because I have restless leg syndrome and I really just need to move around a lot. And so I will move around a lot, but I try not to let it, uh, you know, make me stop trying to rest. And I will try not to look at my phone or read a book or do other things to not rest. I just say like, no, if you have to toss and turn and move around, that's fine. But, you know, you're in this bed, (laughs) you're staying in this bed and you will wake up when your alarms go off or you will already be awake, but it doesn't matter. Just stay in bed. (laughs) Yeah. And there's also a sense in which we are so distracted by external things uh, in our lives nowadays. There's always a notification to be responded to, a message that I haven't responded to, an email sitting in my inbox. Before people start getting antsy and stressed about this list, I'll move forward. But um, <laughs> I think there's some freedom as well in closing your eyes and putting over your phone and just being like, "I am unreachable." You know, there's I I'm fine. I'll work through the distractions in my own brain and one by one. And sometimes I end up like writing a list like every four minutes after I lie down, like, oh, and that and this and that. And I write it all. But I just write it all down. I have a notepad beside my bed or I write it on my phone. And that for me, it, it at least I'm like, I kind of think about it as like, I'm just processing. I'm giving myself time to process the things that I hadn't processed before. Um, but of course, this this is all just a strategy of reframing things that we can't control. You know, I know I'm going to have trouble sleeping the night before. And so I focus on the fact that it's still rest. Rest is still positive. And in the end of the day, if you lie down with your eyes closed for five hours and you don't sleep, you still got five hours of rest. So, But it took me a long time to reframe that. But the, the opposite of that and the alternative, as you probably know as well as I do, is that you start to build it up all day. Well, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. Yeah. And you, you, you end up dreading the night and like the bed becomes far from a sanctuary. It becomes like, yeah. like your your personal hell, you know, you and then you watch, <laughs> you watch your partner like fall asleep, like into happy dream. And then you're like, look at you, you know, and you, you just go into fucking this, demon. You son of <laughs> you a bitch. fucking sleep demon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at you with your magical fairy powers, you piece of shit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I would uh, never say that or even think that for the record, um, <laughs> <laughs> at least publicly. But I, you know, I, I actually, I, I'm actually very happy. I have a partner who falls asleep so, so quickly because she doesn't roll around a lot. And um, put it this way, it would be like to have two of me trying to sleep would be, that would be hell. You know, if we were both just like, not the bad, we'd just stay up, <laughs> we'd stay up all late night drinking the local liquor you know and show up at the airport drunk so this is a good thing it, it promotes me to to get some sleep and all that stuff but you know i've I, I i what i was trying to get at before that uh you know random side side tirade was just that i think it's a lot of what we you do is 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 about reframing it's not about changing what you're going to be doing it's about changing how you think about what you're going to be doing yeah 
So, exactly. So there we are. But of course, there we are. Of course, you know, that's not the only thing that makes us anxious about no. airports. All because- right, Chris. So you've tossed and turned all night. You finally, you've thrown yourself in the cab. You're at the airport. What next? What's the next anxiety meltdown on your schedule? So uh, f- being worried about delays, for sure. Um, I'll go to the to the big board and I'll see, you know, glints of red flashing and I'll look and be like, not my flight, not my flight, not my flight, you know. And then uh, if I find out that it isn't my flight, then I sort of move towards security. But in the back of my head, I'm still, there's a part of me that is a little upset and and. and not upset, but on on edge about the possibility that so many things could make my plane delayed. Yeah. <laughs> there's like there's weather. There's you know a, a, an error on some, one of the people who are preparing the plane. There's uh, stuff at the gate. There's all these things, and so I spend a lot of the time. I feel like keeping my fingers crossed, just being like, "Don't get delayed. Don't get delayed." So it's either delayed, and I'm and I'm worried it's going to be more delayed, or it's not delayed, and I'm worried it's going to be delayed. <laughs> Yes, I am with you on that. Delays, to be honest, I don't really mind so much if there is a delay as long as like I'm informed ahead of time the delay is not like, you know, exorbitant. What I hate is when you're waiting for your flight and clearly it's going to be delayed because it's past your boarding time. And the plane is like nowhere to be found or the people haven't even got like off boarded yet. Or you just know that there's no freaking way this plane is leaving on time, but they don't change the freaking sign to tell you what the delay is. And you'll be standing there and you'll be like, when is this plane going to leave? Like there, there, it isn't here. How can it leave if it's not even here? Has it, has it left magically before my eyes? Like, just let me know when the delay will be. So it's not so much the delay as like the lack of information about the delay unless there's like connections. And then that's a whole nother thing because I get super anxious about connections and missing connections. I will never book a connection that's less than two hours unless it is truly the only option available. I will pay more money and I am a very like cheap person when it comes to my personal comfort on planes, but I will pay more money for a flight with a longer connection, even if it means like worse hours, just because I don't like the possibility that something will go wrong. So I try to aim for flights with like a four hour connection because I don't actually mind necessarily being at the airport as long as I'm relatively certain that I will get to my destination without a hitch. If right. that makes sense. Yeah. Well, also, uh, you, I kind of think about it in terms of the the fact that you, if you're getting a four hour, um, you know, you have a four hour connection. It's just a less stressful process in general because you're not even as worried about the fact that there could be a delay. There's all sorts of factors that you, it, you're going to be able to have a more enjoyable flight in the air. I mean, I don't know if, if you see people who have really close connections, but if for some reason they're delayed or going a little bit slower, like that whole, you know, four hour ride is them like getting progressively sweatier and more worried. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. That was me once. Yeah. And it, that's happened to me a few times. Um, thankfully, the one time or one time that I missed my connection, I really needed to hit. I was flying with Lufthansa and I was in Frankfurt. So there was. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, that is one of the worst airports on the planet. 
So yes, because it's a monstrosity of an airport and it's, it yeah. takes an hour to get anywhere. However, it's yeah. also the hub of Lufthansa, right? I th right. Unless I'm mistaken. So in that case, there was a bajillion flights. It was like it was like if a Turkish air flight got canceled and you landed in Istanbul, you'd be like, well, I'm getting out of here somehow. Okay. Um, yeah. so, it's, so that was okay. Yeah, it's just, it, I guess it, for me as well, it's the, it's the lack of control thing going around. I, I'm with you though. I really don't mind waiting in airports because there's always emails for me to tackle. There's always books for me to read. I'm never quote unquote caught up with everything I want to be caught up with. So having two hours of time, um, and in fact, actually, if you're on a big trip um, and you're it's week two of three or four, like two hours in one spot where you're uninterrupted, where you're not, you haven't been traveling all day, you're not tired, you're not drunk, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, you just like get caffeinated and get stuff done. I mean, that can actually be pretty empowering. So I don't I don't mind having that extra time. I'm with you. Um, and it's largely because of the, the 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 effect that it'll have on the rest of the time. So if I give myself, if I leave for the airport three hours ahead of time, if I'm there two and a half or whatever it is, and I arrive two and a half hours prior, like it's just going to be a way more seamless. The whole process is going to be like twenty five percent better, you know, than yeah. if I, even if I came twenty five minutes later, like all of a sudden now I feel like the the hourglass has turned over. You know, yeah. I need to be worried. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm definitely air on the side of caution, and it just allows me to uh, process everything more, more. I don't want to say delicately because that seems like a weird, uh, <laughs> weird way to process smoothly. smoothly. Yes, smoothly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, I just think that in general, like the whole airport process is really, it feels really uncivilized. Just going through security and the people there always seem to be in the foulest moods ever, which like, I don't really blame them because like they have to deal with idiots all day who are like going on exciting trips and they're just like, they're checking our stuff. And so I can get the, the moodiness that one would have in that position, but there's just such a, a gruffness to, to the airport and getting there and you're worried about it. And there's just all these things that feel really just uncivilized and unfun. And so for me, that moment when I'm through security and I'm like, all I have to do is get to my gate. And I'm like, oh, I have two hours because I'm an insane person. I can go have a coffee and I can just sit and have a coffee. And that feeling of like having that airport coffee is just pure magic because like the whole dealing with like checking in if you have to actually check a bag or and waiting in all the lines and then the making sure that you empty like you know your bag we need to go back to security because that's a whole mm -hmm. a whole tangent that we can dive down but um you there's just so many things that really suck and then i think once you get through security you're just like ah oh, okay like I've I've passed through the gauntlet. <laughs> Bring on the caffeine. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely go back to security in a second. But I I did want to say sometimes I think about the the whole process of arriving or or getting to the airport, getting to the gate or whatever. It's a bit like being a pinball in a machine. You're just like ding 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 ding, like going through one checkpoint to the other, putting your bag here, boom, through security, do do, and then you finally get to your gate and you're like, <sighs> you know. And I yeah. think 
I think what you can't control the fact that you're going to be a pinball in a machine, but you can control the speed of the game. And so yeah. go a little slower. You're going to get hit a little, a little bit, not quite as hard off the, off the different um, uh, obstacles as it were in the game. Um, yeah. I think I've, I've taken the metaphor of the pinball machine as far as I can. People get it. <laughs> um, so let's, let's. Tilt. Tilt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you it's tilt coming. it. Yeah. You really grab onto the nozzle to, to prepare the pinball, to fire it at, at quite a pace um, <laughs> as it rolls down the machine. Anyways, security uh, is something we need to go back to. And I mentioned to this, uh, this to you before we got recording. And I think this is one of those um, irrational fears that I know is absurd, but I still can't. There's still in the back of my head, deep in the, in the recesses of my mind, there's like something that's just like, what if someone planted drugs in your bed, Chris? You know, like, what if you're an accidental drug mule, Chris? You know, or something. And I, and I like, I, I have it. I'll like stop. I'll check through my bed. I it can look bad. And sometimes I'll like, I'll get this idea in my head. Like, wait, what if there's, what if there's something in my bag? Or what if there's, I don't know. You know, I'll just like start panicking about something. And I'll like go to the side and check through my bag and just make sure, even though I know it's irrational, <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I, I have, I'll have something like that. Or I'll check to make sure I brought something or have something in my bag and, um, I'm definitely a lot better about that now after traveling a lot. I have specific things that I always bring on my carry-on, but I always have those irrational worries of one, that they, they're going to find something which doesn't exist. But the other thing is that I, I have a case on my laptop. Um, sometimes it's, it's not, it's a, like a little thin wooden case. One time, the, uh, someone in the airport security was like, it's not a removable case where you can't bring this laptop on to the plane. And I was like, um, well, this poses a problem <laughs> if I can't bring this laptop to the plane. Anyways, I just, he's like, you have to go back to the desk and check your laptop. So I went back to the desk and, and I just didn't line back up and then just walked back around and came back into the line and just, I just went through. He just didn't ask me about it again, but I went back yeah. off my laptop. Um, yeah. So how, how is your experience with security? Um, I don't worry that I'm an accidental drug mule. Uh, for one, <laughs> that is not my many phobias. Um, so my anxiety typically resides in the realm of like social anxiety, but not with respect to friendships, but with strangers. So I don't want to seem like a tool is pretty much like my primary anxiety. That's like at the nexus of everything that I stress about is not seeming like a tool. So like I want to be because I travel carry on only. So like. And sometimes for months at a time because I really hate checking my bag. So I will have lots of things that need to be taken out and compartmentalized and whatnot. So like I have to have all my electronics, my liquid and this and that. Like and sometimes, you know, you have to have your jacket off and shoes depending on where you're flying. So like I get really flustered in the moment of trying to be like, I'm the travel expert. Let me get through this line extremely quickly. Like, look at how fast I disrobe and take out the take out my laptop and this and that. And I get really flustered if I feel like I'm taking too long to do all of the things or I realize, oh, shit, like there's something like my liquids are like way at the bottom of this bag and I have to kind of dig around for it because I have so much stuff. So I'm a little self-conscious about how much stuff I have because everyone else just has like a little purse or something because they've checked their bag. So that's part of the anxiety. And then the other anxiety too is just like the rules aren't really uniform. No. Like they kind of are, but they kind of aren't. And so you'll have people who say like, 
you have to take off your shoes mm-hmm. and then there'll be people who are like, why the hell would you take your shoes off? You know, like yep. looking at you like you're a fucking psychopath. And then yep. there are like people who want you to take out every single electronic device, even like a Kindle or like a camera charger. And like as a blogger, you bring so many electronics with you. You're like, are we really going to do this? Like you really want me to dig through my bag for every single thing that could have like a battery someone was once like looking through my lenses and stuff and I'm just like okay like this is your job I get it but like I didn't know that I had to set all these things aside and now you're screaming at me because like my lens was not with my laptop and other things so I just get annoyed with like the inconsistency of rules and not being able to anticipate being being like is this going to be like an easy interaction or is this going to be like a chaotic interaction? And I generally find that most of my chaotic interactions happen at German airports. <laughs> because they're, they're always, they love their rules and yeah. I, and they will very gleefully tell you if you have broken the rules. <laughs> gleefully. gleefully. With, with glee. Look at you it's with your glee. electronics. You can't bring this on. Yeah. <laughs> Bet you wanted this on the plane. Bet yeah. you wanted to drink this last couple drops of water. <laughs> Are you and thirsty? Drip, drip, drip on the ground. <laughs> and that's the thing, too, is like I get really annoyed when people don't have sort of like common sense willingness to like let a little bit slide. You know, like if you have like 120 milliliters instead of 100, it's like, but like you've clearly used half of the product. and then you're like okay like come on like I understand that this is your job but this is the part where you're just being an asshole you know what it what am I gonna do with an extra 20 milliliters of liquid that I don't even actually have because this product is halfway used up and maybe maybe they'd get in trouble I don't know but I really don't think they would and I really don't like people who like follow the rules only because they're the rules I like it when people follow rules that make sense and are decent you know? And so that's something that always kind of grinds my gears a little bit is like when people get really, uh, get really like nitpicky about what you're bringing. Have you ever been pulled aside uh, in an airport and taken into extra screening? No, I have had stuff removed from my bag, including tragically some, uh, chipotle chilies and adobo that I was trying to bring into, uh, into Bulgaria because I can't find those anywhere. And yeah, the, the security guy just looked at me like, why the fuck are you trying to smuggle in like Chipotle's and Adobo? They cost like 30 cents at the supermarkets here. I'm like, we don't have them where I'm from. Please <laughs> understand. And he was just like, uh, no. <laughs> I was just like, Bulgarian okay, food sir. lacks, Bulgarian food lacks that inherent kick. <laughs> I mean, I literally have to make my own now. And I do. And it's so spicy that like, bo- like steaming the peppers literally makes me cry. And I always think of that asshole who threw out my chipotles and adobo <laughs> when I'm making my fucking own out of dried peppers that I brought in also from that same trip. And I'm like, damn you. Damn you for stealing my chipotles and adobo. You probably made a really freaking delicious chicken tinga out of them. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, remind me never to cross you. Um, <laughs> but I, I have been pulled aside a few times 
Uh, one time in Pearson Airport uh, in Toronto, I was going to the U.S. and you have to go through U.S. Customs. They have a whole station there at, at Pearson because it's such a common occurrence. And I got pulled in the second room. They took my passport away and they're like, okay, sit there. And there was like all these pictures on the wall that were like meant to be like, I don't know, I guess like strange, like soothing. It was like pictures of the U.S. being like, yeah, like the U.S. Like, don't, don't worry. Like, we're not going to take away your liberties, you know, person trying to get into the U.S. And then the guy came back and, and started asking me all these questions. And I think it was because I was recently in, in Turkey. And Turkey was a, a little bit unstable at that time. And I lived in Turkey, of course, I think I mentioned prior uh, at some point during the five episodes we've done so far, uh, or six, that um, I lived there for three years. And so I, but it was only that it was the trip I took afterwards that seemed to spark some suspicion, but it ended up being fine. The one that was probably the most aggressive is when I got pulled aside in Jerusalem. And um, I don't know. I I wanted to go to Israel just because I'm dreading that interrogation that seems to be inevitable. It was very intense. and And I was half expecting it because I knew that this was part of it. So of course I was anxious about going to the airport in the first place, but I think because I, kept overthought my answer so much or was like a little too chipper. Like, I think I was like, yeah, like I had a great trip. You know, like, I think I was just a little too chipper. I just wasn't. Praise Israel. I love it. Yeah, exactly. It's the best, um, <laughs> you know, and, and then, yeah, exactly. I renounce my Canadian citizenship. Can yeah, I please? I, can I please have one of your passports that are so pretty and fun? Yeah, I think I, um, so anyways, I didn't say that, but they were, they, they, they were like, they're like, so what do you do? And at the time I was a full-time teacher and I was like, oh, I, I, I'm a teacher. And, and he was like, what grade? And I was like, uh, well, I'm teaching two grade five classes right now. And he was, and, and this is when I, this is what separated him from the rest of the interrogations I've had in my life, which is only a handful really, but this was, this was the, uh, you make your sound sound like such a rebel right there. I know, I know this was, uh, well, I did have one time in, in Ireland where they were looking for someone named Christopher Mitchell. It turned out not to be me. <laughs> and I, I thank my parents for giving me two middle names because I was able to disprove that I was the creep they were looking for. Um, so anyways, this, so taking us back to, uh, to Jerusalem, I'm, he's like, so what grade is he? I'm like, oh, grade five. And he's like, he's like, hmm. And he's like, what books are you teaching them? I was like, um, uh, like, like what books are we reading right now? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, um, well, we're currently reading a book called Benicula about a bunny vampire. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> oh my God, I had to do that with my students too. <laughs> yeah. and, and he's like, he's like, Benicula, huh? And he's like, and like, this is where they really train them to go in depth. He's like, what are you hoping the kids learn from that? And I was like, um, well, um, it's, it, world it's, peace? I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah. World peace. Yeah. It's, it, it's a lot about, um, narrative writing and, and perspective and being able to trust perspectives. And like, I think at a certain point he's like, okay, well, I, this would be a lot to make up. <laughs> and they like, yeah. they're like, let me go over to the side, but they still made me wait for like eight harrowing minutes while they looked me up and down. Um, you know, check my bag for a copy of Benicula and such. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you've adopted the use of the word harrowing. It's yes. great. I, it's, I mean, it's, har- it's a good word, right? It is. It is. It Did I unconsciously adopt that from you? Did I take that from you? In yeah, earlier- yeah, because we were joking that that was like my word. Of course. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would love to visit Israel. It seems like a beautiful country. I'm really interested in all that it has to offer as a tourism destination but I do worry about the interrogation, you know, and 
just, you know, would I say the wrong thing that's like slightly, you know, like I, I imagine them asking me like questions about like politics and then I'd be like, oh, well, this is going to be a little awkward. You know what I mean? Like I get worried that it's going to start taking a weird turn. You know, and I start imagining like them being like, so how do you feel about the state of Israel? And then me being like, well, you know, you know what I mean? Like I have a, yeah. I, I envision this like worst case scenario where like I'm forced to defend like my political position, you know, yeah. and I'm like, this probably would not actually happen. Like, I doubt they're going to ask me how I feel about Palestine, like while I'm in the line, like they're going to try to like do other things, but I don't know. That's what I that's my like worst case scenario happening in my head is that like I end up saying something that's like slightly too far to one direction or the other and then yeah. they're like oh you're trouble you know they would try try to trick me they're like if if you know if there was a character called uh Palestine in Benicula what would you think of that character you know you're like um <laughs> but but I I, yeah, I, it's, it's really interesting. You talked before about airport security just being different in so many different places. And it's really true because the, the airport in a lot of ways is like the manifestation of like the ideology of the state that you're in. Right. So, you know, yeah. think, think about it in the U S it's very high stakes. Like you don't, you don't yeah. want to get pro side or whatever Israel as well. I mean, you, you are in their world, you are under their rules. Mm -hmm. Whereas a place like, um, you know, a, perhaps like a, I don't know, the Netherlands or something like that. Like they're probably going to be less like, Oh, you're in the Netherlands now, baby. You know, like you don't even yeah. know what you've done. And, and, you know, and, <laughs> and, up, bitch. Up, bitch. you're in the Netherlands, baby. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, and, and then like, think about it for me, it's, it's almost this bizarre side of two coins in, in the sense that I leave from Canada often and there is a literally as you're going to security, there's a little box and it's like, did you leave pot in your bag by accident? Throw it here. And it's like, say sorry, and it's all fine. Yeah. Literally like there's a little box for weed and it's just like, it's like, did you make an oopsie and not leave? Like, did you bring your pot with you? And you, and you look into the, the receptacle for marijuana and like, it's pretty full. <laughs> like it's it's pretty full and and then you you so you you know there's this hilarious thing where you you're like if you did happen to have it in your bag you'd take it out you'd be like huh you put it in the receptacle and then you'd walk through security security would have seen you do that and no problem if you did that in uh i don't know i can think of maybe 30 25 or 30 countries that that would land you in insta prison you know yeah. so so that also is um it can be anxiety inducing in the sense that you totally. might you might be used to one set of rules, but the rules are not um, they're not international. So you ought okay. to do your research about where you're going. Yeah, um, definitely. Especially I... in the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. They hate pot there. Fierce. Um, yeah. I actually I was super anxious about um, I was doing a trip throughout Southeast Asia and I was going to Singapore and I knew they have super strict drug laws. And then like a couple days or like a week before my, my trip, I was like, Oh shit. I wonder like how that relates to like benzo diazepam. Cause like I'm on a benzo for my anxiety. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, am I going to be allowed into the country with this? And then I looked into the rules and um, it was like, you absolutely must get permission from some department and have like a, a printed approval to bring in 
benzodiazepam into Singapore. And so it's lucky that I had that moment of panic and was like, oh shit, I need to get like a a form for it. And luckily it was all super fast and I got it within a couple of days and there was no problem and no one actually, you know, checked on it uh, in the end, but I had it with me just in case. But yeah, like I was a little anxious about that at first. And it, you know, it's funny that you mention how, you know, strict U.S. security is because as a U.S. citizen, you don't really get the, the rough stuff treatment that uh, you guys do. But one time I was coming back from Canada and it was just such a, I had taken the bus. So this is not airport related, but I want to tell a story anyway, because it's borders close enough. So I was coming back from- <laughs> No, no, stop. No, <laughs> stop. This is for the border crossing episode. <laughs> this is for the bus episode. Land crossings. Uh, land I'm anxious about land travel. We can't do it now, Allison. I've actually done enough land crossings that we can do a whole lot on that. I have quite some funny stories there. But- um. So I was coming back from Canada, and of course, they were perfectly lovely on the Can- Canadian side, you know, like not neglectful, but not, you know, treating you like a common fucking criminal. And then, <laughs> um, so we go through the um, the Canadian side, and then we go to the US side. Um, and they say, while we're on the bus, I'm taking a Greyhound bus, like, leave all your big bags behind, you can take a small bag in with you, uh, if you need to. And I only had one bag, and it was pretty small. I mean, it was like a very small backpack, uh, like the kind that you would take like out for a day. It wasn't like a backpacking backpack. And I brought it in and some guy at the at the door was like, whoa, 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 ma'am, ma'am, what are you doing with that bag? And I was like, um, they told us we could bring us. No, ma'am, do you know how Many times people are trying to blow us up in here. Oh and I was my just like, God. He was insane. And I was like, um, so like, and I, I know it's like, I could tell that this was a man who like clearly was a little bit psychotic and had like a major power trip thing. And so I just was extra calm with him and was like, sir, I can put my bag back on the bus or I can go into the room. What should I do? And he was just like, well, well, you've, you've already brought it in here, so I guess you're just going to have to keep on going. But, you know, every day we risk our lives, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is the fucking Canadian border. Chill out. <laughs> I don't think there are people... If people are already in Canada, they're not trying to get into the United States. They have healthcare, buddy. They're good. <laughs> so this was you trying to get back in the U.S. from the Canadian border, from the Canadian yeah. side, right? Yeah. 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 And me- meanwhile, like, if it was... If I was going from, like, I don't interprovincial in Canada or like for me, it, it, like the Canadian border is like, did a little tiger forget their weed? It's okay, bud. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. one thing legitimately does give me anxiety going to the U.S. is that I do find that a higher percentage of the people who are working at the border are like high school bullies um, yeah. who have like who have decided that it's important for them to have a certain amount of power throughout their whole life, and so they maybe take out their frustration and anger and insecurities on just passersby and more than any other place or any other border i've seen u.s um, borders totally um not willing to like listen to accents or or try to decipher things which are clear to everybody else and they're like they're almost just like you better speak english when you're here and that can be difficult to to see or hear especially when someone's already frazzled 
Um, yeah. And, uh, and I don't, you know, I don't want to paint the U.S. with one brush or the U.S. boards with one brush because I've had plenty of people who have been wonderful. But I, I have noticed with a greater frequency for sure, like there does seem to be that high school bully syndrome um, in terms of the border yeah. guards there or, or just in, in airports and wherever. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely noticed that a bit with like the TSA, the Transportation Security Administration, I think it is like our basically our airport security. I've seen a lot of that as well. And I've experienced it even as a citizen coming back in, like from a relatively innocuous like destination. Um, And so I can definitely, from having those experiences, I can only imagine what people experience when they come into the US, especially if they come in with a, you know, a certain passport that the US is not particularly friendly towards. So my sympathies (laughs) to every. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. That sounds kind of condescending. Sorry, guys. Yeah, don't. We're yeah. going to cut that whole thing out. <laughs> yeah. Cut, cut, cut. Cut, um, cut, cut. Speaking of like, cuts, um, well, this, is my, this is my transition to lines, like cutting lines. Um, how, um, how do you feel about lining up at the gate? So this is, I know everybody has an opinion on this. I have my own opinion on it. It makes me personally anxious when I see um, there's a long line of people waiting and there's like the, even the, the even the people who are running the gate are like um, everybody we are 25 minutes away from even calling boarding please do <laughs> not line up and there's like a hundred people who are like pretend like they didn't hear the announcement yeah. I will usually let people go ahead but um, I, I I I you know that I have those that that panic about my if I wait too long, then my carry on might not fit above, and it has to get checked below, and that's a whole other panic situation. So it's quite a fine yeah. balance, isn't it? It is, and I really like I said, my whole anxiety is not wanting to be that jerk, but this is one instance where I will be a little bit of a jerk because you know if you're a digital nomad or you're traveling for work or whatnot you're often traveling with like thousands of dollars worth of equipment. That means a lot to you. And sometimes like your entire life is on your back. Uh, If you're traveling long-term with only a backpack and it's like, well, this backpack needs to be with me on the plane. Like I don't really have another option where I can really get a lot of my stuff into another bag that I can then bring with me, you know, it would just be really chaotic trying to get out like my laptop and uh, camera and all my lenses and every single thing that I would want to have with me on the plane. And so I try not to line up before boarding is called. Like I just don't do that. But once boarding is called, even if it's not my group, I will start to hover. Like I won't get in the way and I won't do that thing where I'm like, oh, let me just barge right in and Whoops pretend that I'm not gonna Oh, oh, zone one? I thought you said zone zone seven. Oh, I like this oh, voice by the way. Me. <laughs> yeah. Is this confu- is this is this the confused traveler voice? Huh. Oh, this is pretty strange, huh? Yeah, this is my oh, this is my first time on a plane. Golly voice. <laughs> but I so I don't do that like but I will I will hover and then like ruthlessly move forward you know because it's like my my bag's got to get on the plane and I'm sorry I know that makes me a little bit of a dick but I try not to be a dick in so many other aspects of my life this is just the one thing where I'm like this bag means a lot to me being on this plane 
And yeah. I don't overpack. Like, I don't have, like, too big of a bag. It's always going to fit. Like, but it needs to be on the plane with me. And that's mm-hmm. just how it is. So I just make sure that I get on the plane before that becomes an issue. Yeah. Like, and if I'm traveling with someone who doesn't like to do that, I'm like, sorry, like, we can literally just, like, meet on the plane because this bag needs to be on the plane with me. And they're like, I want to sit. And I'm like, I want my bag to be on this plane. So what you going to do? <laughs> sit, sit all you want, bud. <laughs> Go on and sit down. We'll see where your bag ends up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm not waiting for you when we land either. <laughs> oh, God. And that's another thing. I don't like checking a bag because I hate waiting for my bag at the gate, like at the at the baggage claim. I will go to absurd lengths, including I'm actually still suffering from a shoulder injury that I gave myself because I refused to check a bag and had too heavy of a backpack that I like a dumbass carried on one shoulder being like, oh, it's fine. It's a backpack. I'm very How casual and cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't want to trouble you waiting in line, so I'm not going to put my backpack up on all the way. Oop. Oh, what's that? Oh, just my rotator cuff? Oh, NBD, so, guys. No big deal. So, so is, and, and so that that voice there would be the confused, <laughs> over, over overconfident traveler? Nah. Yeah. Okay. That's like the overconfident traveler who's secretly melting a little bit on the inside right okay yeah, yeah. okay no, yeah. i'm happy i just want to have a whole cast of voices oh apparently. me too me too yeah me too they all <laughs> mine mine kind of all gravitate towards the same octave and and i just pretend they're <laughs> do different. i have a range yeah i would say so yeah i mean i could discern to, to me confused the confused traveler was was lower and then uh-huh. the the overconfident um, and decidedly mistaken traveler um, <laughs> was was a little higher octave, a little bit more pretend confident. Um, okay. Yeah, I got. So I, got I could have a, like a one woman show going on. I think so, but then where would I fit into this podcast? <laughs> you wouldn't. It's a one oh, okay. woman show, Chris. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so <laughs> like you can produce it if you want, Chris. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> You can, you can make sure all the – if I was producing it, I would just make sure that all the octaves were the same so all your voices would, would fall flat and no one would like the show. Wow. Uh, I'm just kidding. Tour. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I support you. Um, so to, to, to totally change the topic, to me, there there is one place – in the airport that is a what i'll call a temple for the anxious and that is the airport lounge yes i love an airport lounge talk about a classic example of spending money that could be totally worth it you know sometimes like i brie and i are like big on this we did it every time we flew out of the assembly airport because there was an open bar there and if you had a couple of hours we would just go straight from school you spend I think it ended up being like, I don't know, 35 bucks a person. And then we would just sit there and drink beer and raka and all the food for like a couple hours. But it can be really a great spot to be like nearly enjoyable to to be in a place. And and sometimes the money, it's a it's a it's a really good spend. And it and if especially if you're like you're already feeling stressed out or whatever, you just enter into this little place that barely feels like an airport. You've got food yeah. and drink, you've got um, often like some subtle soothing music. And I, I mean, I, some of the airport lounges are incredible. I, I did the, mm-hmm. uh, the first 
like the top of the notch lounge at the new Istanbul airport by Turkish Airlines when I was I was working on a campaign with Turkish Airlines. And it was ridiculous. Like it was like palatial. Um, mm-hmm. It was they, they like built a little fake village in there where you could go and get like different things. Like yes, I'll have the gozleme, please. You know, oh, is that fresh kofta? Like meatballs? I'm like, yep. Um, and then I go down and sit down with my tea that was freshly made. Like it was a delightful experience. So it doesn't matter if you're going to uh, the Ritz Carlton of airport lounges or not. I, I think it's worth people thinking about. Sometimes, especially if you're already in a state like you didn't sleep much the night before, you're feeling stressed. Sometimes, like a few hours, especially if you got like a long way over, or a few hours in the airport lounge can be a lifesaver. Yeah. Oh, I'm a huge fan of throwing money at problems so that I don't have to deal with them. And a <laughs> airport lounge <laughs> is a classic example of doing that. Um, I most Americans actually because we, we get really good credit card uh, rewards. I don't know yeah. if it's the same I, for I resent you. No, no, no. I resent yeah. you for it deeply. <laughs> I've been told that we have the best credit card rewards policies pretty much of any country. So mm-hmm. if you're American, um, you can usually just sign up for a credit card that will give you a free priority pass. And that will or it won't be free. It'll be like wrapped up in the cost of your your credit card. But um, it's for capitalism me, it's, free, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like my credit card has a high annual fee, but I also get like an airline credit, free lounges and like free global entry and stuff. So it pretty much all ends up evening out to be equal in terms of what I would actually spend um, if I were going to the lounges all the time. So for me, it is definitely worth it. I mean, other people's you know, ability to tolerate airports may differ, but my ability to tolerate airports is decidedly low because I get really anxious if like I can't charge my phone before a flight if I forgot to do that or if I really need to be connected to something or I need good internet in order to do something for a bit. So for me, it's worth the, it's definitely worth its weight in gold and um you feel special well, that would be quite yeah that would be quite heavy actually so maybe it's not worth that much but it's worth about the 35 dollars or so that it, it costs for a single entry it'd be quite and a bit of gold would, yeah okay maybe not that much gold gold is like the new the new thing now but um yeah i've never heard of it just that, recently no gold, gold gold's just recently come on my radar it's this new thing i don't know Allison. it's just, shiny just last week it, a yellowish hue um very very vibrant Oh dear. Yeah. I uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you just can't escape it on the news. Gold, gold, gold. What is it? Um, (laughs) Oh, it's clearly late for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's Um, one thing that that's one thing we should actually just mention just for for posterity's sake is that that Allison, of course, being in a different location, Sophia is seven hours ahead of me. And so when we get to the tail end of recording and I'm recording in the afternoon, it starts to get uh pretty pretty late so this is I my start way to of, degenerate rapidly into yeah. chaos <laughs> i think you're doing great personally and i think actually I you're mean, i you're think like, chaos makes me funnier i think so, so actually your mild fatigue <laughs> is bringing out um you know that whole gold tangent wouldn't happen if you were sharp enough not to let me hit you with that one like <laughs> the right hook there about the gold so i'm uh, i'm a i'm a huge fan um but i also I, I do think that airports being inherently stressful places 
it can be worth it sometimes to spend a little bit of money just to make sure that it's that much more enjoyable for you. And, and airports yeah. actually can, can like, I, I actually, it's not that I dislike airports. It's just that the, sometimes the process and the procedure can be a dark cloud for people with anxiety and, and just getting through the gate is for me like is a huge relief uh, or just getting to the gate and just being able to sit down and relax. But getting to a lounge is like, is that feeling times eight? Because you're like, I think I'll have a abnormally cold beer. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, of course, l- lounges are going to look different now um, with everything going on. You're not going to be able to go and take a handful of peanuts, but um, bags of chips are probably still in. So there you go. Cold yeah. beer, bag of chips, all the, probably covered buffet goods now i don't know we'll see we, we, don't, we, we don't want to go we've, we've spent an hour avoiding that path let's not go down yes it. yes i will say though like i honestly think that if you're going to eat and have one drink at an airport an airport lounge is probably the same price as food and one beer or so not much more yeah, like if you think you're going to have food and a beer, you might as well just get the airport lounge if you're going to be there a bit. And I'll also say that another thing that has helped me a lot with anxiety is just oftentimes just splurging on airport transfers to mm-hmm. my destination because I also get uh, – we've only pretty much focused on the departure side, but let's just quickly – um, talk about like the arrival at a foreign airport that can also present like quite a f- bit of anxiety, especially if you don't speak the local language or mm-hmm. whatnot. And so for me, I always invest in getting myself to the airport, to my hotel or apartment in a comfortable way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a country where everything makes a ridiculous amount of sense, like Norway, that is perfectly fine being the airport bus, you know, that's probably easier than getting in a taxi. But um, in most countries, it's a little bit difficult to figure out. So a lot of the time, it depends, you know, on how much that that transfer would be. But pretty much my comfort point is about like $40. You know, I'm like, that is how much my peace of mind is worth to not have to stress about how I'm going to get there. And it's like my reward for flying because we'll cover this on another episode entirely about flying. Um, But I have a huge fear of flying. Like I will cry, have panic attacks, like all sorts of messy stuff. So it's like my reward at the end of going through that whole experience is getting to throw money at the problem and getting to my destination easily. So whether that's like a transfer that I arrange ahead of time or taking a taxi or just taking like a slightly more expensive airport train Instead of like, you know, doing like two bus lines or something like that, that is what I will do. And that's helped me as well. So apparently my my solution to everything is just throw some gold at it. Yeah, throw, throw a little gold. Yeah, this new <laughs> thing, which is changing the world. I, I, I uh, Have you heard of it? G-O-L-D-O. The young people are talking about it. It's all yeah. over TikTok. Yeah. They're up in the Yukon with their pitchforks, but I uh, sifting for gold. But I... I um, I think actually, if just if people don't know, I think you and I probably share a similar mentality uh, towards money, which I think we're both pretty actually pretty uh, diligent in the way we spend money, and and, and pretty careful in tracking um, the ways they're making money, spending money, all that kind of stuff, or at least conscious of the fact of just not overspending on frivolous stuff. So, yeah. um, so I think the 
part of the reason I do that is because if I get myself in a situation where I feel like, you know what, I just need to take a cab right now, I, I don't need to pile on shame. You know, yeah, because I'm like, exactly. well, it's because I've almost I've almost budgeted for these times when I really mm-hmm. might need to do it. And and sometimes we just, you know, Brie and I will just look at each other or I'll just kind of think, you know what, like the cost of this cab compared to waiting 18 minutes for the next train to go in and so on and so forth is priceless right now. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, and since and I call I, it oh sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, since I didn't purchase any any gold uh, items prior <laughs> and I have that available money that, that I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just always call it like the first day tax because a lot of the time I'll be traveling in places that are not maybe the most uh, truthful and fastidious. Fasti- no, fastidious is the wrong word. That are maybe a good not word though. So, a good word. Yeah, a good word. Um, maybe not so truthful about the actual price of transportation. And instead of like having a whole song and dance argument, I'm like, the cost of not fighting with you at 4 a.m. at this airport in Odessa exceeds the price that you are telling me. So I'm just gonna get in the freaking cab. <laughs> Which I know yeah. is not great for future travelers, and I'm sorry, but sometimes you just gotta get to your bed. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's true. I mean, for, as far as all the things I wanted to mention about, about the airports and so on and being anxious about this, that, and the other, I think I've sort of covered most of my bases um, that I wanted to mention. Did, was there anything else that you wanted to touch upon about airports in general? I mean, there's a bunch of side tangents and side thoughts and this, that, and the other that we can dive into when we talk about flying and so on. And of course, our big epic episode, um, which is the episode on land travel. Um, but <laughs> but was I there anything can else? Fill, I, I mean, you heard me fill an hour on bananas. I can it's probably true. do two hours on land crossings. I've got, I've got stories. Ooh, Very true. Hungary, Very true. Serbia, stories galore. Just well, wait. maybe we're gonna have to do it one day. We'll have to now that people can fit, reach us and and uh, we've got like a, a bit of an audience because we're not just talking into to microphones the that abyss. lead to nowhere to the abyss. <laughs> yeah, it's better. People can sort of let us know if they if they want us to do that, and I'm sure we can happily do that. Was there anything or else that you wanted? Or steer us very far away from it, being like, please, guys, do not do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought you were gonna. I thought that was a pun in disguise there, the steering with the land travel. But anyways, see. Yeah. You know, the punch just come to me so readily that I didn't even acknowledge that as a pun. It just left my body that it way. It was just natural. Was there anything else you yeah. wanted to tackle in terms of airports? No, I think I think the plane has cleared the, the tarmac and we are taxiing and ready for takeoff, Chris. I, I was going to say I'll give you a pilot, pilot's salute. I don't know if that's a thing, but it, it is now. <laughs> so uh, I give you the pilot's salute. And... Um, I also would ask that you give yourself a pat on the back for something. Oh, really? Yes. Did um, this was a, as you know, I thought a pretty decent transition there. And um, <laughs> we always end our episodes, uh, try to end our episodes on a positive, just in case that we got a little lunaticy uh, when going <laughs> and talking about the topics, just to prove that we do have hearts and they are beating. So. <laughs> 
one thing that you're patting yourself on the back for could be anything from the past. I think typically we kind of look at one thing from the past week that you think, hey, you know what? That could have gone worse, um, but I didn't handle it too bad. And I think at this point too, now that we actually have listeners, we can mention to, to people that if people want to contact us through our website, I think that form probably works now. I don't, not positive. But if people want to ever shoot us a message and let us know how, you know, one thing that they're patting themselves on the back for, we can also read something from uh, from listeners as well. So that's definitely- Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we're also on all the socials now. Exactly. So you can find us at I'm Anxious About on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So oh, wow. in case the contact form isn't working because I'm a technological ludite, um, then you can contact us on the social media. I didn't even know we had all the socials. Why am I? We I'm, do, Chris. And that actually God. ties into what I'm patting myself on the back for. Oh, this is perfect. Um, is that uh, we launched this week and there were so many little steps along the way and I didn't get overwhelmed. You know, you have to, when you're creating a podcast, you have to, you know, create a website for it, have the socials, have the um you have to find a host for it and then you have to get all these uh, distribution platforms like iTunes, Spotify, and what have you to accept your podcast. And none of it is actually like technically difficult. It's all just lots of steps and time consuming. And I can be the kind of person who sees like a very multi-step thing and like freaks out and then just like avoids it indefinitely. But I actually just like made a list and just like did it bit by bit and kept track and was able to get this podcast out there into the interwebs um, to sound like an 80 year old. And um, I'm just proud of myself for doing that and not having a mental breakdown. I do not have a great track record with working on electronics and like tech stuff. I actually have like a scar on my finger from where I stayed up all night redesigning my site on my own and then like deliriously at eight in the morning tried to prepare avocado toast and slice into my finger. So like I am not the kind of person who can normally take on a technical task without sometimes actual scars to my body. (laughs) So I'm just proud that I did not lose my cool or any appendages in the process of getting this podcast live. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, I'm proud of you too. I also pat you on the back fervently for that. You did a lot of that tricky legwork that was, um, I was pulling a classic anxiety, just avoiding had to be done thing. <laughs> um, and you stepped up and uh, just knocked it out of the park. I just see it now on uh, on Twitter and all that stuff. It says Allison and Chris at I'm anxious about and our bio is we're anxious. So <laughs> I think that's great. Um there was zero followers. And I think I got a little pop-up that was like, are you sure you want to follow this account, Chris? I mean, there's like, there's like, there's no activity, bud. Uh, like Twitter was like very cautiously like, I don't know, bud. I, I don't know. So um, anyways, I clicked yes. And I think we're going to, we're off to the races with that. So that's great. Yeah. So reach out to us on all the socials um, or the potential affinity um, page uh, on our website, or you can reach out to us personally. But I first have to mention one thing I'm patting myself on the back for. I'm, patting myself in the back for two things, I guess. One, that we launched the podcast and it's a good feeling. Um, There's the most common trope for people with ADHD, 
like myself uh, or ADHD and anxiety, a, uh, a, a doozy of a combo. Um, and there's actually a subreddit called ADHD anxiety. So I, I know I know my people, um, but a, a big thing is that you start a project and you get all excited about it and you put 100% of your effort into it for like 11 days and then you don't do anything more <laughs> about it. And yeah. um, and I, I mentioned this before as well, um, just that I'm excited that we it's live. We, we did it, you know, and still a long way to go. And but it's a journey that uh, for what it's worth, we built the boat to, to start the, the journey. So I'm excited about that. Uh, the other thing too is I got um, I got a nomination for for a travel media association travel media association of Canada award a TMAC award for the best travel blog or column. And our readers are sorry our listeners will be shocked and appalled to know that we were only informed of this with a three paragraph status update. It's true. Yeah, it wasn't a five paragraph or more update. Um, and, and our readers will also be happy to know that uh, I think you commented something like, is this really less than five paragraphs? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, are you okay? Are you okay? Uh, which was brilliant, actually. I thought that was so funny. Um, but I, yeah, I actually communicated what I need to in three paragraphs. It was momentous. Um, anyways, that was a really cool um, honor just because it's crossed Canada. It's part of um, you know, the, to be a part of TMAC, it's called, you have to qualify, you have to have certain, meet a certain threshold. And so the, the, the nomination came for, from that list. And so I felt pretty good. Um, yeah, I was just, just, I'll take, take, take the, the positives right now, but that was definitely a win for me. And I'm patting myself on the back for that. And, uh, of course, also patting myself on the back for communicating something on Facebook in less than five paragraphs. So these are all big things. Thank you. Thank you for the clap. Um, <laughs> I think we've communicated pretty much where people can find us now. I think in the previous episodes, we were talking about our own individual channels, but um, yeah, if people want to link up with us on social, we'll try and get that rolling a little bit. I am certainly love Twitter enough that I'd be happy to get that rolling a little bit. Yeah, I think, but if people, I guess, want to find us elsewhere, I, I traveling Mitch with one L is my... Um, my brand, the brand that got the award-winning recognition. Um, <laughs> that was a joke, if in case anyone wants to call me a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> and uh, you can reach out to me there. Um, yeah, and, and I also have an Ontario site, and you can just message me if you want to find out more about that. Yeah, where can people find you if they decide that they don't like our communal accounts? If they don't want anything to do with you, but want to talk to me about this fancy new contraption called gold. <laughs> or, can, the one, uh, or the one woman show. Or the internet. You <laughs> yeah. can contact me um, at Eternal Arrival. I'm on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter. I mean, I am, but I don't check it unless I'm like yelling at a customer service agent and then like not yelling, but typing quite clackily at a uh, poor customer service agent wanting to know what's wrong with my flight. But since I'm not flying for the foreseeable future, I don't really use my Twitter anymore. So uh, let's let's stick to Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Maybe you arrival. can run our Instagram and I can run our Twitter. Perfect. I mean, it's just going to be dog, you know, some dog photos, maybe some food and maybe some observations. But I don't know. Maybe some pictures know. of us like in the same location at different times, but spliced together so that we could have photos of us together. <laughs> like a face melt? Like, what are you talking about here? Like, if we both went to, I don't know, for some reason I want to say the Temple of Nosos in 
Creed or something like that. And we were both there at the same time. We just spliced the picture together. So like Uh, we pretend like we were there at the same time. No, not a face melt. (laughs) Okay. That's where I was going. And I was like, that sounds frightening for everyone. Let's not alienate our poor listeners. They've already heard enough. And on that note, you're probably tired of us. (laughs) We're probably tired of ourselves as well. We're going to sign off here. And yeah. wish you a very good rest of the day or evening or whatever. Just, or morning. Just have or... a good one. Just yeah, enjoy it. Just go outside if you can and enjoy it. Yep. Take care, everybody. All right. Bye-bye.